Hello everyone, this is Trey Borden, and welcome to this episode of What We Gonna Do. Welcome to week two of What We Gonna Do. Uh, again, I'm host Trey Borden, and we are talking about the art of gathering, so events, um, the things that we miss dearly at this time. And really, I wanted to talk to people who have mastered the art of bringing people together, um, whether that's around healing spaces or kind of business conferences or serving a gigantic customer base Um such as the New York Times. And so today we're going to meet with Damon Turner, who is the founder of Trap Heels. Now, Trap Heels is a arts and kind of events collective that has made its mission to offer spaces for healing and and really for getting people to release the trauma and kind of understand really helpful new practices that especially for black people, I mean, mostly um, these things are oriented toward people of color, but they're for everyone. But really a lot of... Um, a lot of the practices that would be most essential and that are kind of outside of the typical mainstream um, healthcare system, which, you know, poorly serves people of color anyway, as, we're, as we've seen um, all too clearly during this crisis um, and kind of offering a space for people to engage with those practices and um, to, to kind of hold space with one another. It's really amazing. Uh, he's based here in Los Angeles. So I um, here's what Damon and I talked about. Good. Look at those blue skies. I mean, that's one of the one things I've been noticing about all of this uh, quarantine is LA is as clean and beautiful as it's ever been. Historically, period, ever yeah. been. I mean, I just moved here and I know that, you know? I'm yeah, looking out my window. Nice. I'm like, hi outside. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man, all is well. All is well. So thank you for joining us. Um, obviously, this has been a really interesting time for those of us who work in the business of, you know, bringing people together, especially people who uh, kind of need solidarity. They need healing and they need to kind of know that they're on the same page as their community that's fighting for them. And so I'm really glad that you're talking to us about this. So uh, for those of us who are not familiar or our listeners, like, can you just go into Trap Heels and how you guys founded that? Yeah. Um, Trap Heels was created from a conversation that I was having with uh, three of my friends, organized by my brother, Walter Hernandez Thompson, who who asked us to think about healing in non-traditional ways, right? So he invited me, he invited my brother, Dane Pascal, who's one of my business partners, and um, he's a developer in South Central Los Angeles. He runs a company called Conscious Capital Investments. Um, and he, you know, doesn't like the idea of landlordship. He wants to give ownership to the community, right? And so... Uh, it was Dane. My brother Daniel French was also invited to this conversation, who's in a band called Las Capateras. Phenomenal, phenomenal Chicanx um, uh, band that uses their music and their poetry uh, and their, their stories to heal um, communities of color specifically, but, you know, the global community um, through workshops and musical performances. And so... And I use, you know, cultural architecture to um, to have this conversation around healing our communities. And so we all came together and we were sipping on some yak and you feel me? And, um, you know, it was a really good conversation. A lot of politically correct language was being used, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, my boy, Dane, who's from Asbury Park, New Jersey, was like, you know, man, fuck all this show. Like, you know what healing is to me? We we're like, what is healing, Dane? He said, Cardi B is healing nigga and i was like why is cardi b healing dampy he was like because she came out of the bronx you know what i'm saying like she turned up she ratchet but she's like putting on for everybody in her community like she's putting on for her family her family's family right so she's making all this bread that hasn't changed who she is and so you know that's healing when you can be your full self and and mm -hmm. and and still get bread right and so once he said that my homie daniel was like yeah that's because trap heals and like being from Atlanta, I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like it resonated with all of our spirits very deeply because the trap doesn't heal. You know, uh, historically the trap is meant to, you know, it's a space for disenfranchised black folks, poor folk, um, people in, in, in the hoods to find ways to make money, right? Like selling dope in abandoned buildings, um, 
And so, you know, historically it hasn't been meant to heal. And so, you know, when he said those words, it, it really just like struck a chord in all of us. And we, we prayed over it, you know what I'm saying? Like laughed over it, high-fived over it. And over the, over the months, you know what I'm saying? They were like, Damon, you have to run with this because you're from Atlanta. And so like me and my team really like sat with it. I originally wanted it to just be an album, you know, of trap inspired inspirational music, which was corny as hell. But, um, you know, it turned more so into uh, what it is now because Patrice Colors of Black Lives Matter was invited by Afropunk to come to Atlanta in 2000, October 2017. Uh, no, I'm sorry, October 2018 um, to do some cultural work out there. She knows I'm from Atlanta. She hit me and said, hey, what have you been working on? You know what I mean? Like, so I sent her the deck that I was working on. And that sort of gave us the opportunity to do this really cool art installation in the middle of a warehouse. We built a trap garden um, mm. with, a, with an old school Chevy Bel Air with like foliage hanging out of it, neon lights and things like that. We had like games and pillows on the floor and like we had cherry blossom trees and that became sort of like the destination for the festival that year. Um, but everybody knew like something just happened, right? Um, and as we like began digging deeper into that idea, Black Lives Matter Global Network gave us a contract to support them in their cultural efforts. So we, you know, we repurposed it at um, Art, uh, not Art Basel, we, we did Art Basel, but Complex Con. And then we did another installation at Art Basel and then we did a global uh, pop-up um, where we partnered with artists in Toronto, Atlanta, and Los Angeles and had this simultaneous art show happen. Uh, and so it just sort of grew into this cultural, this cultural agency that really is, is using our popular culture, trap this global culture to heal and invest back into our communities. Um, and ultimately like healing through transforming how black folks get permission to heal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this concept that, you know, you know, we use parties and events and music and fashion and all of those sort of flashy things to get people's attention. Uh, but once you're sort of inside, like once you're in, like you get alkaline water at the bar, you get free massage therapy, you get free acupuncture. And it's like, wait, I thought that was just for white folk. Right. Oh, that's for you too. Right. And so we, we give people permission to heal. One of the things I like most, so I was reading your manifesto a few days ago, and there's this concept that I've been toying around with recently called, you know, I'm calling it alchemy. It's this idea that you can kind of like take something that, you know, has little to no value and turn it into gold. And I think that like black, as black people or any marginalized people, it's like you have to take, you know, oppression and marginalization and, you know, turn it into humor and healing and solidarity and resilience and all these things. And I think that what you guys have done, like in a, a very physical and community focused way is like, let's turn all of this kind of negative energy that we're bombarded with and turn it into something that can really provide, you know, a whole new opportunity for healing. And I think that that's something that, you know, like how do, how do you respond to that? It's kind of yeah, like taking I, like something like trap and turning it into something that you can come away with something good. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've been alchemists since the beginning of everything, right? Since the advent of time, black folks have alchemized our um, existence on this planet. And so um, we just come from a lineage of alchemists, right? Uh, I think hip hop in its most modern iteration is alchemy, right? Taking disco, taking soul and turning it into a different thing that speaks to the times of those who are most impacted by society. Um, you know, trap in this iteration, you know, is alchemy of that. You know, it is the, it is the culmination of, you know, Southern, a Southern black experience, similar to blues, right. And rock mm. it's a Southern black experience um, spoken over very menacing um, chords and synthesizing um, the repetitive hi-hat, you know what I mean? The, it's almost like a trance-like um, space. And then it, it tells these really dark stories of what it means to have to survive in the streets when you have the opposition being the police, you have the opposition being your brother, the opposition being your mama, whoever the opposition is, but like you have to survive this sort of, this, this nightmare, right? In hopes right. of the American dream. And so we alchemize often, man. And so Trap Heels, I think, is, is what I desire to be an evolution of the trap experience 
so that we're not falling into the same traps as other either other genres or even like hip hop as like a global as a global movement to center masculinity toxic masculinity in a way that eliminates the voice of women that eliminates the voice of um trans folk queer folk um that eliminates the voice of children that eliminates the voice of 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 grandmothers and right trap doesn't include any of those voices as a as a as a concept right and so our desire is to beautify it a little bit our desire is to normalize these conversations in really cool ways and it starts with the the trappiest of trap niggas you know what i'm saying like (laughs) i'm not gonna start with you know i'm not gonna start with you know the fairy tale i'm not gonna start with like you know shout out to shout out to um all of our healers and reiki practitioners and acupuncturists in in the community and but i'm not starting with them like they have the medicine, right? I'm starting with all my niggas on the block who've never heard this language before, mm-hmm. and and getting. I think it doesn't them. apply to them. It doesn't work for them. Or it's yeah, not like, literally, bro. Like, they, and they'll tell you that they'll like. If, this is a metaphor that I often use, or like a scenario I often use. Um, you've come to a few of our productions, mm-hmm. right? So you see how we get down. If I walked up to my niggas in the trap right now. And it's like, hey, y'all, let's go get some Reiki. The way you just laughed, first of all, them niggas will look at me like, what the fuck is a Reiki? What the fuck's Reiki, first of all? They're like, well, who that? Is that a drug? Is that like lean? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> is that new shit? You know, ain't no Reiki. And even if you say something as like as as mainstream as yoga, like, hey, y'all, let's go do some yoga. Like, they'll be like, bro, that's that white shit, man. Go get that weird shit out of here, bro. Like, and and it's not it's, this isn't like me making some shit like this is the shit that happens like you know what I'm saying and so because that's sort of that's that's where we're starting I'm like cool what will entice you to get the fuck out the house women alcohol dope money right? so great so let's let me create a dope ass event that's gonna have beautiful people if your taste is women great if your taste is men great it's gonna be a lot of beautiful souls around nigga and you know we'll have some top shelf alcohol you know what i'm saying because i also don't like niggas just drinking hennessy thinking that's some, that's some fly shit right we'll have some other stuff spare your palate you know what i'm saying like give you a little bit more of like a, a plethora of, of of options you know but like at the bar you'll have alkaline water you know what i'm saying and like and often in cut you'll see this really dope line of people waiting to get something but you see like Bad women in line. You'd be like, oh, man, let me go see what's going on over here. And it's like, oh, shit, what is this? Oh, we're getting acupuncture in the ear because it's like trauma-informed, right? Like, this is like a, this is like a, this is a, uh, I, I learned Brother Sonny told me that they, that, that he and some of his, his, his elders and mentors in, in, in the health practitioner field went to Canada to sit with, you know, like a, an ancient, like an elder like of Eastern medicines, mm. brother was Chinese, um, you know, and like, like the Panthers went up there. I think like the, um, the young Lords were up there and that, that was during like the crack era where people didn't really know what to do for their community. And so like these organizers, these movement people went up and learned how to give acupuncture to cure crack addiction for the hood for the communities and so these type of uh techniques are intended for people who have the most trauma right and so we want to be able to have my brother zach come and do chakra aligned like cbd infused chakra aligned massage therapy right and and make that sort of the cool thing and so you know we've seen a lot of really beautiful progress man like i think once people come to our activations and they see it they get it um sure they just get it they get it. Well, I think that one of the brilliant things about it is you're kind of like meeting people where they are. You're not asking them to put on a leotard and get into, you know, a mirrored room in Venice. You're like, let's go to where you're familiar. Let's do what you want to do. Because that also respects them, you know, and says like, we're here to kind of give you a place that's accessible and then we can teach you all this new shit from here. And I think that particularly nowadays, I mean, this is pre-corona, like when I went to your event on the greenhouse, it's like, we need healing more than ever. And we've always needed it. But the, the fact that, you know, we're 
bombarded with these videos of us getting shot in the street like animals. We have this presidency that is, you know, telling us time and time and over and over again how much no one cares about us, how he doesn't care. And I think that, like, enough black people are saying, like, it's no one's going to save us but us. You know, and so I think that it's been an amazing time for you to, so thinking about especially these practices that are a lot of touching and rubbing and like events that are close together. So how have you guys been handling and what is your vision for at least this, you know, short term period where like that, how you are doing it's not possible, but yet yeah. the need is even greater than before maybe. Yeah. I, I won't even lie to you and try to make up some shit right now, man. We are literally... I mean, we're suffering as, as everyone else, you know what I'm saying? We're thinking about how, um, how impacted and devastating this has been on multiple economies um, and understand that um, it's going to take creativity to get out of this um, on the other side. And we, we don't have the answer yet. You know, we've been seeing a lot of the um, conversations and there's a lot of chatter around what we can do but I, you know, instead of trying to come up with a solution, I want to just keep asking more questions, mm -hmm. right? I want to continue to push people to dig a little deeper, you know, uh, to dig a little more radically into the abyss in hopes of creating something different that we've never seen. And I think people are, I think the fear is, um, probing people to sort of think in a box, I think very finite, think very immediate. Um, think about like what resource do we have available right now to make the change? And, you know, I'm often curious more so around how we can merge the digital with the physical or how we are able to come up. I mean, everybody keeps talking about 5G and like, <laughs> the fear and, the, you know, like how, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, what, it, but like, what is it though? Like, what is the innovative thing that's going to happen? Like, what is the shift that's, that is upon us? Right. And how are we, how are we creating something that we've, that we don't even have the language for yet? And, and so, um, we have multiple verticals at Trap Hills, man. And like, you know, I just did an album. I just created an album. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. I'm really excited about that. Right. And so I'm like, it's a great time to be creating content. I mean, we're here. That's what I, so that's, <laughs> so that's the, the piece, right? It's like, you know, when I think about events and like gathering, like to your, your question around gathering spaces, like holding space. I mean, of course I hands down, thank God for zoom. Right. And uh, uh, a platform that people have been using for decades, right? Like a, a minute niggas have been on zoom calls for a minute, maybe not decades, but a long time. Uh, doing organizing work, right? When it wasn't cool and it wasn't sexy. Um, a lot of nonprofit uh, leaders are just like, y'all just not getting on the Zoom, nigga. Like we've been on Zoom for a minute. But thank God for Zoom. And thank God for like innovative content creators who are like, let's have Zoom parties. Or thank God for like Instagram having a streaming ability, right? Like thank God for D-Nice. Like thank God for everybody who's, who's but doing- those are healing spaces, you know? Those I mean are healing spaces, right? You know, so it's like, so when I think about when I think about gathering, it's like it's it's in phases, right? There's a there's like the immediacy of fuck, this corona thing happened, let's try to test the water. So everybody kept going to the beaches and everybody was at the parks and shit. And the government was like, nigga, stop going out. Period. It's a mandate on going out. So everybody was like, fuck, what else can we do? Let's go on Instagram. All the festivals shut down and everybody was thinking about how to go digital now. Like, you know, like we're working with some really cool institutions in the city around creating digital content for them whose entire market is about people being able to walk in and out of their spaces, right? And so um, I thank God for people hopping on social media to connect with their audiences. So we know that that's there, but it's almost become, it's becoming overwhelming. It's like a little overwhelming now that so many people are on social media now, you know what I'm saying? Right. That and getting different things from it. You know, I mean, social media was to escape. Now it's for, now it's everything. Now it's everything. Uh, yeah. Have you seen the movie uh, Ready Player One? Yes, I have. It's also I think it's a tech book, too, I got into a little bit. Yeah, we're, I mean, but we're a step away from, like, all right, let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get into the world. And, you know, I mean, it's matrix yeah. level. I yeah. mean, so one of the things I think that's been interesting, um, especially given like, what you're doing, I mean, is trying to heal people that the system is not, I mean, is designed not to serve. 
right? Like you're talking about Reiki and chakras and all of these kind of holistic healing practices that I think are really effective, especially when you go to a hospital and they turn your black ass around sure. and say, you know, go sleep it off or whatever. We'll give you a COVID test in two weeks. You'll be dead by then. And I think that like this whole crisis has made it just so clear how we need to be taking advantage of other systems. A, we need to change the system that's broken that's not serving us. Sure. We're the ones who are dying the most, sure. you know? And so I think that what that, so in terms of how you think about healing and what needs our community has, like, how, what has it been like to see the devastation that's been wrought? You know, it can't be surprising, but it's still terrible and shocking. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. I'm not, I'm not consuming the devastation. Mm. I've known, you know, I've known about the devastation. Like we know inherently about the devastation. I don't need to continually see updated numbers every single day about the devastation. It, it would be impossible for me to actually do my job if, if I right. live in space. Thank God for all the people who, who have to download information every single day and who are sharing out statistics and all of those things. Very necessary. In any transformation, in any paradigm shift, that society has endured. There's a period of mourning. There is the period of death and devastation as something else is being reborn. And so I, 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 give, my, I give my empathy, my love, my, my, my tears for the devastation and for the families who are dealing with this right now. It's a very deep thing. And I also yield myself to the creative energy that's going to birth the actual next world that we're living in. I have two children, right? And so I'm, I'm mandated to them to continually provide context for what the new world is gonna look like because I'm asking them, what do they see? What do they envision, right? And so I'm helping sort of usher in another perspective, I pray. <laughs> um, and so when I think about healing, when I think about gathering spaces, like I, I'm more so asking people to gather their spirit right now. I don't want to be in space with people who are tone deaf. I don't want to be in physical space with people who are desensitized. I'm thanking God for this moment of rest and reset because, you know, when you go to a festival or you go to a party or whatever, whatever, like people are so desensitized to other issues outside of themselves. This is the first time in our, in our generation where we've had this type of global sit down, this global shutdown, where yeah. everybody's talking about the one thing and that one thing just happens to be healing and health, right? Before it was war, right? Uh, you know, before that it was definitely like pandemics, right? But like, this is our opportunity to, to really make the healers the rock stars. And so all of our spaces that, that we're envisioning are because healing is at our focus all of our spaces are intentionally meant to or that we want to be creating again when we're out of stay at home is prioritizing the healers prioritizing healers and so you know i i'm, I'm sort of like getting tangential but i feel like if we're thinking about if we're thinking about how we hold space for people who are being killed by police still getting killed by vigilantes still if we're thinking about how we are holding space for family members who are dealing with this COVID crisis, if we're also thinking about how we are internally doing, people who are suffering with anxiety, suffering depression, you know, suffering bipolar, like all of these things that this disease is sort of like exasperating in all of our lives. Um, and then we're thinking about solutions to that. I feel like we're doing our due diligence um, as culture workers, as healers, because, um, you know, I, I, I'm talking to my brother, Tommy Johnson, who's a lead contributor for Originals Nation. It's a, it's a beautiful organization that's talking about economic empowerment for original, original people. Um, and Patrice Cullors, um, co-founder of Black Lives Matter, former AJLs, et cetera. Like, we're talking about how we provide black folks care packages that are dealing specifically with preventative, um, just preventative health measures, right? right? To, you know, take the lemons that are grown all over LA, like take some of these lemons and use them as your antibacterial soap. If, if there's anything that anybody gets from this conversation is that you have the power right within yourself to heal 
and there are people who are using their platforms to to offer remedies right to to heal right where you are man and um it doesn't have to be this huge deep thing you know I, i'm i'm grateful for people who are posting these like one minute you know workout tapes and shit or like people who are doing these like really beautiful sound baths on 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 instagram you know shout out to my homegirl iman farrell like like just like just these really meditative things and it's like oh i could do that or like oh i'm i am worthy to think about this right now and mm -hmm. so amplifying that and popularizing those conversations i think is is what i want to do and not try to get too quick to find a solution right i want to sure. just like deal with a lot of the symptoms that are that are sort of like coming out right now well yeah and like this crisis has really laid a lot of fertile ground for the work you do it's like I mean, if you're lucky enough to kind of treat this as a pause and not just like a, a, an extreme struggle for survival, like it has been a reset. It's like everyone's on sabbatical, get your shit together. Exactly, exactly. I really believe that, man. And like, and I think also, you know, giving space and, and love in, in our minds to people who are, who are homeless, houseless, and, and you know, you just don't have. I'm in downtown Los Angeles. I mean, I'm seeing it. I don't know how it's even. I don't even know. And like, it's 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 really wild to me, man. And so, like, all the essential workers who I, I think need to, and this is like a cultural shift that I I really want us to all think about how we are again popularizing them as the people who deserve the million dollar contracts. You know, I, I love, I love, I love my entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love my. I love them all. I'm not gonna start naming names, <laughs> but I love them all. But I don't feel like they deserve to be the million dollar contractors anymore. I, I really believe that, you know, all Fortune 500 businesses that have been essential need to literally pay these people in shares, pay these people way better salaries, like, Fuck part-time, you know what I'm saying? Like grocery employees are not fucking, they should not be part-time anymore. Like they should all be salary with hella benefit. Like it should go crazy. Right. Like we should literally flip this entire system on its head. And I feel like we should prioritize women's voices in this moment as like the leaders. I feel like having, I, I honestly feel, Trey, that out of COVID, we should turn this shit into a matriarchal society. I've been saying that shit like, like I've been saying that shit to a few of the homies. They start laughing. I'm dead ass serious. Like, no, I mean, but look who's doing it. Look who's been doing all the work always. First of all, thankfessly, it's like it's like these broken men who refuse to see anything. And look at the job they do. Look at these men out here. So corny. Trash. It's so trash, bro. It's so corny. You know, it's crazy. And I think that like, and it's and it's becoming impossible to ignore. I mean, I know that one of the the trap heels is kind of like this anti-capitalist mindset. And I think that one of the things that's emerged so strongly, and you saw this already with Bernie in the presidential election, but it's like, this system was designed to be broke. Period. You know, the system was designed to work where people basically are just earning just enough to yeah. keep working, you know, have no kind of way of taking a break or no way of surviving any kind of pickup. And these disbursements that you're seeing, like, the only reason Mitch McConnell and these guys are giving money now is so you're, you can't die and stop producing labor. Right. Yeah. How do you think it would look to kind of like, what would, what would a first step be in terms of creating a society that would be much more susceptible to the ideas and, you know, the things that you get? Like, what would a matriarchal society step one even be? I have no idea. I don't know, bro. Like, I mean... I mean, like, and I don't know because I'm not studied to know. Like, I know that there have been matriarchal societies throughout history and throughout times um, where, where we honor the women. But I feel like for us, it, it's going to take men who have power to, like, relinquish that shit to women that are deserving, like, to people that are around them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, and, you know, for, for me at least, I'll say the, the ability to say, you know, if I'm doing something dope, like people look at me and say, this is trap heels. Like you, it's like, it's impossible not to see these women, right. Who are, who are, who are deeply the reason why we're here. Right. It's impossible not to see, you know, Mercy Casa, you know what I'm saying? Like, like 
like people who were like, like you have to like name these names. And I think if I'm not doing that, then, then I'm just perpetuating the issue. Like if I'm getting any type of clout from this shit, I need to be spreading that. You know what I'm saying? Like I need to like disperse that energy in real time to help build the value and fall back and say, nah, yeah, like she does. No, fuck paying me that. Like she needs to get that because she is this, 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 and more. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think if more men are able to do that shit um, without <laughs> cringing and like, like, nigga, then I think we can really change some shit. Right. I mean, thinking about even how, you know, matriarchs are gathering people now. Like, I know that you just had a birthday. Happy belated birthday. You know, so like, how did that tell me how that because you, you know, when you were describing that to me, it was a very kind of it was an authentic and loving and healing and just very satisfying experience. So like kind of take me through what that was like. First of all, I woke up on my birthday and received a gift from my daughter who's a painter. She's 15. She's a master painter. Um, And it was a picture that she referenced of my mother who passed away 11 years ago, holding her as like a, as like a one-year-old or some shit. Like she was like, a baby baby. And that was the day that she had first walked. And so for her to use that image to paint it on this really beautiful, like it was a huge canvas and like get it to me during this crisis was really like spectacular. That was one. And then, um, uh, my brother, uh, one of the artists that I managed million and Patrice got me this like, like 34, 34 pancakes, because I love pancakes. Uh, I, I know, I've been there. <laughs> I know, I can verify that. <laughs> Stacked like it was a cartoon. Stacked like a cartoon with a, one candle on top of it, man. And like, and like that was the thing. And then like, you know, Patrice organized like my family and friends to like send like some videos. And I, my, you know, head of cinematography, Giovanni cut this really beautiful 20 minute like video of people just like loving me and all these things. And then after that, like she organized a fucking like a birthday, like quarantine birthday party in the parking lot of her gallery with like all the homies pulled up and like, you know, it just felt really just like felt really beautiful, man. But like the thing about that is what was really cool, which shows that like men and men can do really good work, (laughs) that men and women should be working in tandem, I think. Um, You know, you know, she was saying she was like, yo, I really thought about what you would do like what kind of thing you would do and try to like emulate that. And for someone who is like, like the master organizer who has done global work, who I look up to as like a phenomenal leader in our community to say something like that to me, it was just like, it was really one of the most humbling things I've heard. Um, And so, you know, thank God for all the women in my life, like my sister, you know, my mother, rest in peace, my godmother and, just like all the women who like give a fuck about me, my survival and making sure that like I'm showing up as the best person possible. Um, it was, yeah, my birthday was a, was a dream. I literally woke up. It was a 24 hour celebration from like from 12 AM to 12 AM. It was like surprise after surprise, tear after tear. It was nuts, Trey. Can't even lie about it. That sounds great. I mean, that's the thing. It's like all this stuff is still possible. It just has to take new forms. I mean, I think that all the good things I've seen have been from people who are doing good by their community and kind of saying, like, I need to see this change happen, so I'm going to make it happen. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot, actually, is all all the events that aren't happening now and, like, what type of um, opportunity cost that's been. So it's yeah. kind of like, how do we get out of this mentality of kind of lack? Like, I think a lot of people are just really dwelling on like what isn't happening as opposed to kind of like what the possibilities are now. Like, what are you, yeah. like, well, how are you kind of encouraging your teammates or people that were really looking forward to upcoming Trap Heels events and your own plans, you know? It's a really good question. I think, you know, I'm, I encourage the team by letting them know that I'm, in, I'm constantly in conversations with funders, with potential investors, just around who we are at the core and like why it is so pivotal that we're doing what we're doing right now. Um, why it's so pivotal that we rest assured that our model 
our vision is the vision that is needed in this moment, right? And and really encouraging people to just take this time to like to to rest, you know, to literally rest and not worry. And like by rest, I don't just mean like go to sleep because I don't sleep, nigga. I'm not sleeping. Yeah, I mean, you never. Let me, let me, I get that. Trust me, these bags, I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let me not act like I'm out here. I'm not sleeping, but my spirit is at rest in a way that it's never been before. Um, and I encourage people to find that rest, whether it's you know, you know, coming up with another concept, coming up with you know another hobby or a project or something, but use this moment to like spiritually rest. Um, and so I feel like, but I also think it's really cool because like, because like Coachella is not happening, because South by Southwest didn't happen and all these things shut down, it's really giving room, it's giving room for us to think about what we actually want. Right. Do we, do we really want Coachella? Do we really want South by Southwest, bro? Like, you know, and it's so nuts because so many people are, are it's weird because so many people are like, uh, it's not how it used to be and South by Southwest it used to be this and it's not what it used to be but y'all ass is still going okay now we're here now we're here and you know they're going to try to come back with force for sure but is it what we need Right? are we you know my mom used to always say like don't be greedy like just take what you need eat what you need right now right Let's, let's be clear about what our demands are. I think, you know, holding people accountable, whether it's, you know, Afropunk, a beautiful brand, like holding them accountable to their greatness, mm-hmm. to become the premier, the premier festival experience for black folks and people of color prioritized. You know, what are the things that we can do to like help support the backbone of that organization to sure. be to take up that space, right? Or like, what? Where is the next Afropunk? What is the next Afropunk? What is the next, right. you know, Afrotech? Even you know what I'm saying? Like, what is the next thing? Because here's my thing, Trey. I'm not even gonna lie. You know, there used to be a time where we would say, like, damn, I really wish we can get like a thousand people, or like, I really wish we can get these big numbers. I don't give a fuck about big numbers anymore. I don't think anybody cares about big numbers anymore. Like. Right. I, I mean, rather, shoot, if anything, you want to keep those numbers down somehow. Keep them numbers so low. Like, I would rather have more intimate, intentional, impactful engagement moving forward. I feel like that's going to be the new wave. Yes. You know, how we can downsize some of these festival experiences so that they can happen more, more frequently even. You know, almost like church. <laughs> like, church is every goddamn Sunday, bro. Like, what if we created a new model where, you know, we had like every city can have an Afropunk experience as as frequently as they needed in their city, mm. right? Like, how do we expand the model to to pay and invest more into the things that we feel like we need, right? And and not have to wait to go to Brooklyn or Atlanta or South Africa, but like, nah, like Damon can be a part of organizing some shit in Los Angeles. That is an Afropunk experience. It's a network. Every quarter. Yeah. Every quarter. It's a network now, right? And so, like, these are the kind of things, again, that I want to just keep asking the questions around, like, how could we do something like this? So, like, you know, like, and, 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 and my prayer would be that that takes up the space. Yeah. That takes up our mental, our mental space, man. Like, right now, I think the world is feeling way more clear. They're just, like, they're not there's not a lot of noise outside of social media. Like there's not a lot of noise in people's lives. And it's like a global siesta right now. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, siesta, siesta. <laughs> you know, vibes. <laughs> 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 what you're talking about also is just like, that's how you build real community. You don't build a community once a year. You have something habitual that's strengthening people's businesses and characters and is able to be responsive to what's happening right then. You know, yes. and I think that, that is a that's a wonderful world to imagine where you're like, these things are decentralized and they're more local and they're also more curated yes. by people who are committed. Because so many people go to these events because they're just another thing to check off. Yeah. Like, I would rather have someone who's there that is 
on the same page, ready to do some work, ready to be about the vibe and grow something, than someone who's there to like take a picture on Instagram and keep it moving. You know, because yes. the problems that we're trying to solve are fucking deep, and it's not about superficial, you know, social engagement. It's about like, are you willing to put in work? Because that's the only way change is going to happen. And I think if, if one thing has become clear, it's like change has to fuck. Period. We can't continue on like this. Period. Change has happened. Like, That's true too. Like it is. It's no longer. It's no longer the proverbial desire. Like change has happened. Mm-hmm. Are we responding to what is happening? Like, like that's the biggest. Like that's the biggest thing I think we that I want to just remind people of is like it's no longer this far. Like I was born and raised in a Christian context. And so, you know, I, I, I often say that when my mother passed away 11 years ago, that was the first time that I realized that like presence, like the present moment was, was as important as like where my salvation was going to take me, right? That it was like as important as this desire to go to heaven. And it was like more important than the past that haunts me, right? And so in, in Christian faith, there's only two times, two time frames that matter. You're either like dying to your sins, like all that which has brought you to this moment, or you're thinking about dying so that you can get to heaven. Right. And everything in between is just literally like you, you just kind of like muscle through it and you have to like pay all these deeds and shit like that. But like your presence is really not your thought process because you're dying to yourself and you're like haunted by your past and you're fixated on your future. And so when my mom died, I realized just how present niggas had to be, man. And like, like I have something, I have a line, I'm like, yo, time is of the essence. There is no more time to waste. Like this time that we have is of the essence. And so if we can, if we can just get it into our minds that this is the, like we are in revelation. This is the, like there, like the-, the It's going down. <laughs> the skies have opened up. The, the horse, the, the, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the king on the pale white horse is come, like the shit has happened. Like the world has stopped moving, man. And this is an opportunity. Like somebody's going to, somebody's going to capitalize from this. Is it going right. to be, is it going to be you? Is it going to be me? Is it going to be us? Right. And so, but we us. have to think that this is that time. Like we have to take it that serious. Like this is a once in a lifetime moment, literally. And if, we, if we're not taking advantage of it, literally, if we're not taking advantage of it, then we're going to look up in another generation from now and say, fuck. If only we would have started that company, if only we would have sent that direct message, if only we would have made that album, if only we would have invested this thing, like if only we would have taken that time seriously. We probably you know, would you know, not. There are some people taking it very seriously and they don't give a shit about people like you and me. So they don't, it's like, they don't. It's, it's, uh, I think that that's why it's like, even for me, even for me doing this, it's like, I do tons of stuff. I have to get up in front of people, but I'm like, oh, you know, there's usually an artist, usually someone like Phil I can promote or someone else who it's like, it's their neck on the line. It's not, it's not me. And I'm like, yo, if this isn't the time to try and make yourself uncomfortable and try some shit and try and elevate whoever you can, who can help us figure this out. then like, you need to stop playing that you care. You yeah, know, and I think this is a really powerful moment because also something you said earlier really stuck with me because it's like this is one of the few times in history you want to talk about gathering. This is one of the first people, one of the first times where every single person on the, in the world is going through the same shit. Even in a world war, it's against someone else. You know, it's like this is something where like there is you know whether you like it or not, total solidarity. It's like we understand what you're going through, and I think that like tapping into that you know which is exactly what you guys do is kind of tapping into like this deep human connection and need for for healing and and, and kind of solidarity and progress uh that this is once in a lifetime and you can already see elements being squandered that are just so unnecessary you know mm-hmm. so i feel like if our community can be one of the ones that emerges like with even more unity and less instead of less like that will be a gigantic help that we wouldn't yeah. have without this moment. Yeah, I mean, thank you for creating the platform that you're that you're developing and 
you know, the work that you've done in the world as a, as a master curator and producer, I think it is going to translate into this space. And, I, and I'm really excited to see it grow. Um, I'm really excited to see your community feel seen by you creating this space um, in new ways. And so, you know, and, and like the title is, is just so fitting, like, what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's almost a rhetorical like what we're gonna do is like, nigga, we're doing it. Clearly, we're on this right, point. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, this so is that's that. like so funny. That's so funny. Like that you're that you're using that sort of perspective. But um, like this has been really special, man. And I'm curious, even for you, like how have you been seeing the the conversation shift in your world? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was talking to my guy, Chris McLean, who's a phenomenal like model, actor, father, <clears throat> and his entire industry is shut down too. You know what I'm saying? Like, niggas ain't out shooting. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no productions or commercials being made in that way. So, I, you know, I, I'm asking him, like, what are, you, what are you thinking about? And, like, his perspective started at, like, man, I don't know. Like, everybody's kind of waiting. We don't know what's going on. I'm like, well, what are you going to do to revolutionize the modeling industry in this moment? Like, how – and I don't fucking have the answer, Sway, but, like, like, at least think about it. Like, how can you emerge as the person that helped – save the modeling industry who knows right so i'm i'm sort of asking you the same thing like what have conversations been with you you know in your industry of production and, and curation you know like how are how are you all feeling in this moment well i mean i mean particularly to speak to the modeling it's like you see kilani on team vogue she got shot through her window you know like people are people are doing and it's cool it's dope it's like oh wow like this can i mean so there's people who are just like this shit is going to look different and it's maybe going to be distinct to this time period, but it's still going to be tight. And mm -hmm. I think that in mind, you know, talking to artists and people who are kind of like community builders, um, I think initially there was kind of a shock because a lot of us live in the space that's like, you know, I'm already working from home. My whole job is to like put my finger in the air and see what the world needs and then create something for that and be responsive. So like people like me initially like, Oh, this will be great. We'll have like, some cute little online fundraisers and we'll kind of like make sure everyone's <laughs> thinking about how this can yeah. be a pivot. But then it's like when you really started to sink into it, you're like, I mean, I would, I'll be honest. There was a couple of weeks where I was like, man, I don't even know if this place is worth saving. This place is such <laughs> trash. I got to move to Sierra Leone or Wakanda and figure out what that bitch is like. Legitimately, I was like, this might be too much because I think that what was, what was happening there is like, it became clear how much work there was to do to create the world that I thought we deserved and that I wanted to live in. And I'm like, maybe I just need to worry about the people around me that I can kind of impact and just say, fuck, trying to do the rest. Yeah. And I was like, well, first of all, people like you and me are in a position to be kind of a, like, be very intrepid and kind of like what we go and do, live that, live that question mm -hmm. and that answer. Mm -hmm. And so I think that for a lot of people that I'm going to respect, they're kind of just leaning into what they were already doing in a way that's like unadorned. It's like a lot of us, you know, it's great to like be at this event or kind of like be invited to these circles and all, but it's like, nigga, you're at home and all you have is your voice and your real authentic relationships and what's going on in your mind and the minds of other people. And like, how can we start to kind of bring out the best of that, you know, because when you don't have all the bells and whistles and a whole camera crew and a whole modeling agency, mm -hmm. you just got your face in a window pane. It's like, mm -hmm. is that good enough? <laughs> Better be. And so I think yeah. you're kind of like reducing yourself to your kind of core elements and creating I love from that. there. I yeah. think that's been, those are the people I think are kind of, are, are getting the most out of this. It's like, what am I truly about? It wasn't about all the flash and pop mm -hmm. and all that. That shit was nice. But really, I'm mm -hmm. about making change, or I'm about you know spotlighting this perspective, or whatever your thing is, do that, you know. And mm -hmm. I think that's this is part of that, and like what you're doing and the thought process that you're sharing today is, is also just like so so crucial. Because I think that like a lot of the things you said today, like especially you know we don't have this shit figured out. The point of this was not to say here's it, here's mm -hmm. the solution. This is about unearthing a framework and, a, and an approach. That's like, this is how you can authentically get through this and empower yourself. Because if you don't, if you ain't empowered, then how are you going to spread it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's impossible. Uh, any, any last remarks? Um, what would you, what are you looking forward to doing when this lifts in terms of an event? Is there an event that you missed that you might 
want to tool up for the new world or what? Yeah, for sure. Um, we were literally in the middle of planning. Um, I'm not going to drop the name yet, but we were planning uh, an event for Juneteenth with mm. an organization um, called Esperanza Community Housing Corporation. They have a, a really beautiful social uh, so, social enterprise called Mercado La Paloma. Um, you know, you may have eaten at Chichen Itza restaurant or you may have eaten at Whole Bulks. You may have eaten, you know, at Asla Ethiopian, vegan Ethiopian restaurant. But they also are housed in this really beautiful space. You know, they, they wanted to begin sort of paying homage to like the African-Americans in their community, right? And so they wanted to like do this event. They did one last year. It was great, but they wanted to sort of ramp it up and, and have, more, have more elements included. And so they came to Trap Hills uh, proximity event access to support them on this and we came up with this fire ass concept man coral and i and it's gonna be like and you know it going back to this whole like afropunk conversation like like we know that this particular concept and even like broccoli city shout out to my brother brandon mckeetron uh and the whole broccoli city fam in 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 dc like we know that this is going to have that type of impact um as an afropunk as a broccoli city as a roots picnic for Los Angeles, for South Central mm. specifically, right? Mm. And so, um, yeah, man, we're hella excited about coming out of the quarantine to be able to do that shit. So we're probably gonna push it to next year. But um, but yeah, that's something that we're really, really excited to to roll out, man, for sure. I'm excited for what's gonna emerge from this. Cause I mean, like you, what you've done in this conversation, at least for me personally, is like, I, I can't wait for, you know, a community of people who've gone through this and have come out the other side, you know, a little bit more healed, a little bit more focused and ready to do work and ready to do it with other people they care about. You know, yes. and I think a group of 10 committed people is better than a, a thousand people who kind of don't give a shit that we're here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And like, I truly believe that. Yeah, man. And I think to your, to that point, it feels like people are unabashedly themselves right now. And I think, you know, removing anything that's inhibiting us from being our most out loud selves is what I'm excited about doing. I finally lost all of the judgment around Damon Turner, the person that people know as the Black Lives Matter guy or know as the Mercado La Paloma guy or know as, bro, I thought you were like a minister kind of guy. Like, I thought you were a super happy-go-lucky peace, peace nigga. Like, you know, these songs that I'm making are the most inspired that I've ever been. Um, that's not rooted in grief, mm. right? That's not rooted in the pain, like grief forcing me to speak these things. Like this is me creating from a place of joy, a place of, you know, inspiration and things like that. And so in that, I'm like giving myself permission to say certain things that I would never say publicly on records, right? And, and it's translating, right? So I pray in this moment that more people take that level of audacity uh, and right. run with it, give themselves the permission and, um, and see what happens. Like, see what comes of it. Like, you might find your best self in the permission, right? So, yeah, man, I, I pray that people are inspired in this moment to be more of themselves. Well, anyone who listens to this surely is. Damon, love you, fam. Thank you so much. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Give my love to the family, it, obviously. And uh, I, I really will. appreciate it. Take care. Of course, man. Talk soon. Okay, so that was awesome. I mean... Talk about real and authentic. Uh, I really appreciate you, Damon, for coming on here and sharing us um, kind of what your what your process has been and kind of what you think the priorities of our community should be. Uh, I'm very grateful for your time. And that was a very fun conversation to have uh, and a very meaningful one that I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of. So. Um, in terms of the takeaways, I think that first of all, one of the things I love most about Trap Heels, um, just as a concept is that it meets people where they are. It wasn't called something, uh, like very aloof or kind of like something that's really kind of mystic or, you know, something that people don't understand. It's really trying to, it's trying to reach black people, black people who don't know about a lot of these practices. And I think that, you know, meeting them where they are and saying like trap heels, like, you know what trap is, right? You know, uh, come out and 
come for maybe something you don't quite understand, but that feels familiar, at least initially on the surface, and then actually make people comfortable and like you understand them. And then you can kind of expand on what they might expect. I think all too often we try to do things that um, make people kind of where we are as opposed to meeting them where they go. And especially I think when serving communities that are, um, as sometimes marginalized and kind of resource deprived as the ones that Damon uh, wants to serve. And that I think it's very important to be focusing on. I think it's really important to not be uh, mistaken about how much education that might take. And I also think it's really a loving gesture to say like, I'm going to bring you to a place. I'm going to call it something that you can at least identify a little bit about. It shows respect when you are able to kind of approach someone in a way that makes, that prioritizes their comfort and their security, uh, as opposed to you saying like, you're going to have to figure out your yoga mat and figure out what alkaline water is and then look up, you know, watch the nutty professor again to figure out what acupuncture is. And then hopefully you can do all that and come here. I, I think that that doesn't work. Uh, and it's also, it's, it doesn't put people on the same page or in a state of mind to really accept new information or feel like you care for them. So I thought that was, a, I thought the whole orientation around Chap Heels, I think is something that's very wise and community centered. Um, and that's why it works, you know, most importantly. Um, I think another, uh, concept and that we discussed in this interview that I think is really important is this concept of alchemy. This, uh, this ability to turn something that is negative or that might cause pain or strife. Uh, something that black people, any person of color, women, you name it, you've been marginalized and you've been, you know, you put in a position to have to do this where it's like, how can I take this pain or this, you know, experience that many would maybe let erode their confidence or survival and turn it into something valuable, turn it into something essential, um, humor, resilience, uh, innovation, uh, community mindedness. I think that that is something that Trap Heels does extremely well. It's like, let's take, first of all, let's take trap music or trap houses, this culture that really is about destabilizing, um, the black community in many ways in terms of the impacts that it might have or the reputation that it might have and turn it into something that can actually create the opposite, uh, an opportunity for healing and togetherness and, uh, the unlearning of harmful practices. I think that like that is something that we're really going to need in this time, this concept of alchemy, because there's so much, I said this to someone else. I'm like, if you can turn shit into gold, then you'll be the richest person in the world because there ain't nothing but shit up in here. So I think that like that type of, you know, it's not even a silver lining. You're actually transforming and alchemizing, um, kind of the destruction and tear and, uh, all of the bad things that are scaring the shit out of us right now. It's like, how can we turn that into something that offers us more? Um, and I think that's something that they do very, very well. Um, and lastly, I think that this is something I didn't expect from this conversation, but this whole sense of find that rest, you know? I mean, if you're lucky enough to not be, you know, suffering horribly from this virus or taking care of people who are or are extremely insecure about, you know, your housing or your finances. I mean, all of us are, you know, maybe feeling a little bit of that. But I think that, like, if you are able to kind of take a, you know, kind of really use this time to rest, which, like, so few of us allow ourselves the time to do because it's really... Um, shit is serious. And like, it doesn't always seem like it's a priority to kind of take care of yourself and rest and kind of re reassess how you're doing and recalibrate, um, for kind of new situations and, um, and to kind of figure out what this is going to, you know, what, what does this time call for, for me? And how can I prepare myself for that? And I think that that's an extremely interesting thing to talk about when we say, you know, whether, however these events take shape in the future after we're, you know, as past this as we would need to be, to be attending events in the first place. Um, how do I show up? You know, how can I show up better? How can I use this time to kind of lean into me or to kind of like start in my own daily life, kind of taking care of myself better? I can't rely upon Damon, you know, in this moment to kind of show me and, and well, listen to this. And, you know, obviously you can take the wisdom that you see here, but in general, you don't have a ton of people or a ton of events that are going to kind of do the work for you. But since we do have this time, I think it's vital to use it wisely and to do things like, like rest. I mean, my mom, you know, God rest her soul. She was so active in the community and she was the kind of person that 
if she didn't see it and she knew the community needed it, she would do that shit herself. And I, you know, admire her immensely for that. But I also remember just how exhausted she would be, you know, and how much it kind of came down to what she was willing to do. Cause she would do all of it, you know? And I, I think that like, I've, I've learned a lot of lessons from that aid that it's possible to create something that no one thinks is possible. And if you, if you know you can do it and if that's what it takes, that's how it'll be. Um, then you know you can do that. But I think that one thing I wish that she had done is is to take more time for herself to rest and to kind of act like she needed to be okay in order for her to be able to show up um, as forcefully and as, as much as she did. So I think that that is very, I mean, that's in the whole spirit of healing, um, of course, but I think that like giving yourself that pause, that break, and then figuring out kind of like how you need to be for you, that is something that would be, it's very difficult to find. And since we're in this situation, you might as well take um, full advantage of it. So I'm really glad that he, um, A, I'm glad that Damon is doing that for his damn self. Lord knows he needs it. Um, and we all need it. So I, I'm, I'm glad that that's something that came out of that. So thank you for tuning in. Again, this is Trey Borden, your host. And we are talking about the art of gathering this week on What We Go and Do. Uh, and that was our interview with Damon Turner. Check in uh, other days this week to see another compelling interview from Heather White. Uh, and lastly, Whitney Richardson from the New York Times. So thank you so much. Have a great day. <laughs>